Welcome to the Sendcast. My name is Dale Pickles and I'm the host of the Sendcast. If you are a new listener, then welcome to the Sendcast. The aim of the podcast is really simple. We want to help everyone learn more and more about special educational needs and disability. On this week's podcast, we're discussing how those incidental conversations make such a difference to the individual we are talking to. Discussing this with me is Ginny Bootman. Ginny is currently a Senko of four primary schools in Northamptonshire. The Sendcast is created and produced by us here at B-Squared. We are the assessment people. We help schools to show the small steps of progress pupils with SEND make. We help schools show progress for wide ranges of abilities and ages. If you are a primary school struggling to show progress or struggling to identify where a pupil isn't making progress, then we can help. And did you know you can use B-Squared assessment software for more than just pupils with SEND? You can now assess all pupils in one system, saving you time and money and simplifying the whole assessment process. Visit the B-Squared website or click on the meeting link in the show notes to book a meeting so we can take you through our assessment software. Let's get on with the podcast. In this week's show, we're discussing how those incidental conversations make such a difference to the individual we're talking to. My guest is Ginny Bootman. Ginny is currently a Senko of four schools. I don't think that's gone up since we last time we chatted, but she has been a teacher for a very long time. That's her words, not mine. I did not mention anything about time. A senior manager and a head teacher, and she has also found time to write articles for TES and speak at a number of events. Welcome back, Ginny. Hello. Those incidental conversations, and that's the thing, it is, I know as, a, as when I was growing up, I had no idea how to do them. I had no idea. And then I realized, I think I wasn't doing them. And then I was like, I need to do it. And then I worried about, should I say it? And it, it was for me, it was a real headache. Because I, I, I realized I didn't need it when lots of others didn't. And I found that quite interesting. But it, and as you say, it's incidental, but for where I was, it took a lot of effort for me to start having those conversations. There was a lot of worry. And as I've thought back, it's because kind of no one really showed me how to do it. And I think that is right. And I think this idea of having an incidental conversation, there is so much more depth to it. And I think it is a case of, if you are going to find it difficult to have these incidental conversations, you have to have kind of an unwritten script or a few things up your sleeve that you can say to children that you can say over and over again. And I find that that is a really good way to start. Things like, have you had your hair cut? Have you got a new coat? I like the colour of your coat. Is that a new rucksack? They're all very simple questions that, in my experience, children like to answer. There isn't a right or a wrong answer. The other day I was asking a child what we're going to call an incidental question, and they said, oh, I've had this ages. And I was like, have you? I haven't seen it before. So we can start with simple questions to children because it gives them the starting point to be able to chat to us and it's all about connections and relationships, and it just allows those to build. But I completely agree that we do need a starting point sometimes 
ah, oh, what, what, what should I say to to a child? What shouldn't I say to a child? So the things I talk about are very simple things that children like to talk about. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be really simple. And sometimes it is, like you said, getting a new haircut, a new coat. It, it does require you knowing them. But you can also go, isn't it sunny? <laughs> Weather is always, and it's one of the times <laughs> my wife is so good at having these small conversations. I sit there going in my head, I'm walking next to someone, walking somewhere going, I need to have a conversation, what should I say? And even now as an adult, I'm literally going, what do I say? And I go, I don't know what to say. What would be a good conversation for me and this person? I don't know what to say. My wife walks on. Oh, isn't it wet? Isn't it sunny? And the conversation's gone. I'm going, why didn't I talk about the weather? It's such a obvious thing. You can talk about, oh, it's always raining. It's always too hot. It's, we, we love moaning about it as the British, don't we? We love moaning about the weather. But it is such a conversation piece that you can just go, if you're not sure what's on, you're going, a bit hot today or isn't it sunny? It's, it's nice and simple. And it is that easy. It when when you when you break it down, like you're just going. Actually, you can talk about the weather because it's such an easy conversation to have. Yeah, I think that's kind of that's kind of the beginner. If you want, you talk. Oh, yes. You know, you have these in your mind. Okay, I I will talk about the weather, and then and then you're able to have those conversations. You can then move on to maybe the next level, Dale, which might be remembering something that somebody has said before. And that is amazing. When you remember something that a child has told you previously, and when we're talking about being with children, let's just broaden this out to everybody, actually. We're talking about children, but actually to staff, parents, it's not just limited to children. When we say to a child, you got that Lego model for your birthday. How's it going? You see their their body change as if to go, oh, that person has remembered what I have said. In the same way that, let's be honest, we would feel if somebody remembered something we'd said previously. So it's once again building up that rapport, building up that connection. Yeah. And I work across four schools, and I have to say, the children that I'm talking to, I don't see on a daily basis, but I still have those conversations with them and those connections from week to week. And I can just see how much the children enjoy being noticed. That's the biggest thing. It's being noticed, being remembered, someone wanting to talk to me somebody knowing something about me. For some children, you might be the only person that day who does anything like that. And that is such a huge, huge thing. And it is, it is, I find it much easier with children, but with adults, I struggle. But with children, you can literally say, what do I know about this child, right? He likes this. Oh, how, how many Pokemon have you caught in Pokemon Go? Or you just know something a little about them. You know, how can I talk to them about that? And it might be, Oh, I saw your mum picked you up yesterday and, and she had a dog. What's his name? Oh. And it's just something like that. It's a conversation starter, a way to get into that conversation. And the one I thought is the weather. That is a really one if you have nothing, the weather. But as soon as you know something, it, it does, it means so much more. It's really, really uplifting to them that you've taken an interest in them. And I think that 
we have chosen to speak to them. Yes. That is the way they're looking at it. Another thing that, that I often do when I'm talking to children, often children who I don't know that well, I play the would you rather game. And so I say, would you rather, and I, I think of them actually as I'm driving to work, would you rather be a brick or a pebble? That's just one I've just thought of now. So I then say to the children, would you rather be a brick or a pebble? Oh, my goodness. The responses that I get are phenomenal. And they speak to me with such, well, of course, I would rather be because. Now, interestingly, I went into a classroom a couple of weeks ago. And there was a a new girl in the class. And her friend nudged her and said, that's Mrs. Bootman. She's the would you rather lady. (laughs) So I overheard this and I was thinking, well, that's fine. So I heard what they said and I walked over to them and I said, would you rather? And I gave them two options and they, they, they had this great discussion with me about what they felt and it didn't matter if they didn't agree. They put their cases forward. A lovely incidental conversation. As I walked away, I love this. The girl nudged the new girl in the class and she said, there you go. I told you she's a would you rather lady. And I just think that is so lovely. The fact that she gauged me, I'd heard and I'd taken the time to go and speak to those girls. And I think that links very much into finding the time to have those conversations. It would have been very easy for me to have overheard that conversation and carried on with what I was doing. But it's that case of pausing and thinking, actually, this is an opportunity. It's an opportunity. Now, my daughter's primary school had two very different senior leaders. The deputy, who was just amazing. He literally is like on the same page as you. You'd go, we'd go in for a celebrations assembly and you'd be sitting with the parents at the back and your child doesn't know you're going to be there and they walk in and see you. They're like, oh, I'm getting an award today. Usual stuff. But you get there before the kids and you sit there. And as these kids walk in, we will be like, Harry, how did the match go at the weekend? Oh, yeah, cool. George, how did this go? Blah, 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 blah. Claire, did you go there? And he literally, just in each class, he generally knew a couple of children who I probably say needed that conversation, needed to be noticed, needed someone to say it. What's great is him saying it in front of all the others made other people go, ooh. And it was just phenomenal. He just did it oh, time and time again. He would go, Connor, bad, bad game for Chelsea, wasn't it? Boys and football, a little comment like that. It just opens up. Yeah, and it was just, you watch every single one of these kids was just lit up by him. And he was just one of those people, same as you. So he'd be walking along, he'd hear a comment and he'd respond. And he, he what's always amazing, he always seemed to have the time. That's the thing. He appeared to have all the time in the world. And I know he didn't. I know he didn't. The other senior leader was a polar opposite. Didn't do those things. 
was generally telling people what not to do and didn't have that, didn't ever do anything like that. What I would say is, and some people were listening to going, well, I don't have time to have all these lovely conversations and play all these lovely games. What happened though is when something went wrong, his way of managing that situation was completely different to theirs. He had a relationship with them. Yeah, he could go and he'd go, oh, come, come on. And he, he'd use what he knows about them as part of that conversation. He'd go, okay, blah, blah, blah. And it, and it was just, it was two people who knew each other having a conversation, resolving a problem. The other person who didn't do any of that was coming along and it's like confrontational. I don't know anything about you, but you've got to stop doing this. And generally, it would, although that first person is putting all of that time building those conversations, which you think you don't have, everything after that with that child was easier and quicker. The, child, the person who wasn't putting that effort in, everything else either took longer or the outcome was worse. And I didn't see that initially. It took me time to realize that he didn't have all the time in the world, but he kind of put the time in earlier and got it back later. I, compl- I completely agree. I think by building up these relationships and building up these connections, we are, whether we realize it or not, actually saving time. Yes. In the future, because we then have those conversations that may be tricky conversations, but we sit down, we've got the relationship, and we are able to have that dialogue without having to break down any barriers between ourselves and the children, which they may uh, put up with other people yes, because they are worried about how that person will perceive them. Whereas because they know that we are approachable, they know that we will listen to them and we will find a solution together it is that togetherness and I think this idea that we haven't got time I would say to everybody look at those times when you can talk to children in a little bit of an unstructured way so those times might be walking along the corridor yes you go past the child you are walking along the corridor anyway you walk and talk. So you are walking past a child and you can have that discussion. Often I stand with class teachers as children come in and say good morning to them. I'm very fortunate in that way. But most teachers do playground duties. We're on duty, but I have found walking around the playground and chatting to to children, we find out so much about them. And actually, I do enjoy playtimes. I enjoy talking to children. And it is a time when we're all outside and we can have those discussions. I sit next to a a group of children and have a chat with them about what they're doing or the game they're playing or something that's happened. And it's a nice time to talk to them because it's a nice environment to talk to them. So we're not advocating finding an amount of time per day to talk to children, what we're saying is actually there are occasions when we can talk to children. 
that lend themselves very easily. I think this brings brings me on to something else whereby some children, more children than I think we realise, often don't like to speak in front of the class. Yes. And this idea of having a conversation with a child, and I will say at playtime, when we're on duty, we're not going out especially, but if we're on duty and we are going to have a lesson after break, consider, consider this idea of going up to that child and having a dialogue with them about something that you're going to be doing in the lesson, getting their response, their feedback, and asking if you can use that in the lesson rather than them having to speak in front of the whole class, put their hand up, because it allows their voice to be heard in a manner that isn't scary for them. Yeah. And and I think I've done that before, and the children really, they do really like it because their voice is being heard in a way that they want it to be heard. And also, I've also done it where I've asked a child a question that I'm going to ask in the lesson and said, here's a question I'm going to ask, give you a little bit of thinking time. You know, you can either say it in the lesson or we can write it down on a piece of paper. So it, it's, it's all of these little things that make children feel more confident within the classroom setting. And that's a big thing. I want, I want to go back to Bruce, but I'll just do on this bit now, is if you ask me a question about what's coming up left and I got it completely wrong, it gives you then a chance to correct me and help me sure I make my understanding. And then you go into the lesson and you can share that. But what's nice is you're not sharing my, me getting it completely wrong. You're going to share the bit that, well, that's what we're going to do. is blah, blah, so we're doing this, but whatever. You say, you tweak it. So it's kind of been proof checked. What you've been said has been proof checked. So when it is shared, you know that the teacher isn't going to drop you in it. They're not going to make you feel rubbish. They're not going to do that. The fact the teacher's sharing it means you actually got it right, which means you're, there is a slim chance, very slim chance, you might be more open to sharing in the future. Um, but that, that, the barriers, and it is interesting, that perception of people. So if I have somebody, I, you do it as an adult, when you have someone walking their way down a corridor and they kind of just blank you because they're in their own world and they're busy. Yeah. And you go, okay. And then the next person walks along and says, hi, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Great. And you walk off, yeah? Then I bump into those two people again. I know I'm going to have a better response from the person who said hello to me earlier. Yeah? I'm an adult. I literally go, that person's obviously preoccupied. So whatever I'm going to talk about, they're not that interested and they're preoccupied amplify that and that is what a children will see yeah so if there's a situation coming along and the teacher who always ignores me or doesn't even know i exist as i walk down the corridor is just going to tell me off the teacher who always gives me a smile that's the thing it can be a smile it'll be a thank you for holding the door open you look smart today are you off anywhere any of those little instant conversations about oh i saw you've got your hair anything like that yeah oh you hurt your knee you're walking with a limp what happened? Any of that, when that teacher comes in to solve my problem, they're on my side. They know me. And you really, really cannot underestimate 
that impact for that child, yeah, is when that person comes in, is it that person who ignores me or whatever I say is going to be ignored? Or is it the person who listens to me whenever I say what I feel? They are actually going to listen to me because they always listen to me and they always have time for me. Completely changes those situations. And I think it opens the door when that child does want to have a conversation. So I've had this as well. So a child came up to me and said, have you got a minute, please? And you know, when you're like, I'm just about to do a science experiment that's taken me three hours to set up, you know, and then you have to check yourself, pause and go, I'm only going to get one chance at this conversation with this child. Yeah, I'm only going to get one chance. And the child had a conversation with me and it was a conversation that was so important. It was a conversation actually about bereavement and the child spoke to me and then afterwards the parents came up to me and said, you don't realise the impact of you allowing our child to speak to you, the impact it had because in, in our place of grief, she didn't feel she could speak to one of us, but she felt that she could speak to you. And and that that is always with me. If a child has chosen to ask to speak to me, that is huge because that that's brave. That is brave to ask a teacher who is about to do a lesson if they can speak to you. And we just need to check ourselves and go, I'm not going to get this moment again. No. But we've built up that rapport over time so that child knows us well enough to go, if I ask, there is a high chance this person will listen to me at this moment. So it is all about paving the way for these relationships yep. so that it becomes very much two-way. And children will make so many decisions based on assumptions. Yeah. So in that situation, she can probably see, or I'm assuming a girl, let's say she assumed that when she looked at her mum, she said, well, I can't talk to your mum about this because she's so upset. Or I can't talk to my dad about this because she's so upset. But I'm upset. But if I talk to them, they'll be more upset. So I won't talk to them. So therefore, I keep it in. And that's things they make so many decisions. And it is, however you, whatever you think you're doing, what they perceive is often completely different. And I remember a really interesting one. I did a podcast on grief with Alison Knowles. And it was amazing because she had this boy who was crying. And they all made, again, he made the assumptions of why this boy was upset. I think his granddad had died. And he was upset over something quite trivial that he wouldn't go to football again because his granddad always took him. No, he wasn't upset his granddad was gone. Well, he was, but he was more upset that he can't go to football anymore. So we make assumptions that you can always talk to me. You, we can always do this. But the kids also make assumptions on things we do, which we may be completely unaware of. So it is, it is about trying to make time. It's about trying to be open. And I think once you do it a few times and you see, you, you've definitely obviously seen the impact it's had. It just fuels you want to do it more. And it just, and I think the corridor one is really good because you kind of, it's, it's already, already denotes the time. You're often walking past each other or you're walking along with each other for a short period and you've got a nice little, oh, how are you? What are you doing? What are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. And off you go. 
And just a couple of those, and there's a relationship. And it's not, not you don't have to schedule that in. You don't have to like an hour each week, as you said. It's not about going, I'm going to make friends for an hour. It's not about that. It's just going, okay, I've got to make, that's the hardest bit, is when I'm walking down the corridor, focus on what's around. It's almost like mindfulness in the corridor. <laughs> don't focus on the room I'm walking to. Don't focus on what's going to happen in that room. Focus on what's me walking down this corridor and who am I going to see. That's probably the best way of trying to see how your mindset is not where am I going to? What's the next thing I'm doing? I'm walking down the corridor. Enjoy it. And that's the thing is having those conversations, playing would you rather somebody at work, got a, would, a family would you rather book? Yeah. Some would you rather get obscene, but no, you have lots of silly fun. And the most typical one, I think most popular one is, would you be rather be a ninja or a pirate? Is quite a, and that's a whole conversation. But yeah, would you rather? And it's such a simple thing. And generally it is fun. And the kids will see the question, and just be clear, I don't know about everyone else, but pebble or a brick, I'm a pebble all the way. Ah, you see, I'm going to have to take this one to school next week. I feel we're going to have talked about buildings, about structures about how we will remain somewhere, but the pebble, the, the life it's had. But but having said all that, they will surprise me. But a pebble, you could get painted and look really lovely. You could end up in someone's pocket and go on some amazing adventure. That's the thing. What I get, what you get, very, and that's when, and what is wrong with doing that, yeah? Playing would you rather at any age is fun. Yeah, I'm going to be playing it in my 80s and yell people home. <laughs> would you rather be deaf or blind what but is that it's it's not about doing work it's about just having conversations and being nice to people and what you'll find is that someone like Ginny gets a lovely little boost when she walks into a classroom and goes is it would you rather lady that Ginny's remembered and liked so it works both ways <laughs> And it is it's really it's really important. And some of the things you, you've talked about, a lot of it is knowing them and remembering them and yes. noticing them. And that is not a day one thing. That is, okay, I've got to start paying attention to that child. But it, it generally can be nice, simple things. And one thing I love my daughter's primary school did is you're allowed to wear your own clothes on your birthday. I don't know if many schools do this, but on your birthday, you can go in in non-uniform which means every member of staff knows it's your birthday. So every member of staff has a lovely opportunity to go, oh, it's your birthday, happy birthday. Are you doing anything? What did you get? whole load of conversation starters. What did it cost? Nothing. One child gets to wear their own clothes once a year. I love that. I haven't heard about that before, so I think I may magpie that. <laughs> but it was just so good because you see them, and even me as a parent, you see a child in your own clothes, you go, happy birthday. Just random child in my class, my child's class, I know it's their birthday. And it is a little thing that makes a big difference. And this is what it all comes back to, isn't it? When we're talking about getting to know children as individuals, probably two years ago, I had an incidental conversation with a child. And I found out that they have lots of chickens. I have chickens, so I was having a conversation with him. And this little boy said, got loads of double yokers this week, got loads of double yokers. 
and he started talking to me all about chickens and all about these eggs that were double yolk eggs. Often, and actually it happened this week, I said, have, had, have there been any double yolkers this week? And you could see him go, she's remembered I've got chickens. The chickens often have double yolk eggs. And then he just spouted forth about all about his chickens again because it's like here is somebody who's remembered me, remembered what I like and is interested. And that's the other thing. You have to be interested. And you're so right, Dale. When the children talk to me about these things, it gives me a little boost and I go off thinking, do you know what? I've had a really good chat, whether it's the would you rather and the, 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 the rest of the staff, I say, you'll never guess what the would you rather, you know, what the conversations we had, because they are not closed conversations. They are open conversations and we can go whichever, you know, whichever way the child feels like they want to go at that time. But another thing that we have to do, I think, when we're talking about the conversations we have with children is sometimes we have to play detective. Sometimes there are those children who, when we see them at playtime or when we see them walking down the corridor, they just don't appear to be on form or something seems to be bothering them. And if we are having conversations with them previously, we can then have other conversations with them. You know, you don't see yourself today. You seem a little bit a little bit sad you know and we can we can we can say sometimes I feel sad when something sad has happened or I don't feel very well and and once again it comes down to the environment that we're talking to them in and I often find the corridor or the playground they're the they're the best places to talk to children when children really want to have that conversation because there aren't all the rest of the children in the classroom they don't feel like they are impinging on your time as much and I have been known people do see me sitting on the floor in a corridor with a child because with them next to me because that's where they feel comfortable and I think also this idea of our body language as we speak to children, this idea of getting to the same level as the child, getting next to them so that they feel reassured as we are having the conversation and we're having the dialogue and it, and it is a dialogue. So I think it is it's very powerful in the fact that we can have those conversations with children when they need those conversations. And I think asking just me walking up to a child going, you're okay. And like I said, I might get no response. Yeah. Cause I might not have that. But if I see that, I go, have you had any double yokers this week? And he sort of goes, no, not really. It's kind of me asking that just reminds him. I know you, I know you. And you ask that conversation. He gives that response and you're going, and it just, it helps you. You don't have to start with, are you okay? You can go any double yokers. No. Ooh. You're right. You've started the conversation. You're not starting the conversation with a difficult conversation. You've kind of started the conversation with a really easy conversation. They're really a bit, you know something about them. You, you, it kind of gets you in the door. Then you can move on to the, that's not, you're not your usual self today. Yeah. And by that point, they're talking. Yeah. 
And at that point, they might give you quite a shocking response. They might burst into tears because the emotions are there or they might. But I think you don't always, that's the thing I, I find as an adult, how to, having difficult conversations is hard. The hardest part is the first thing you say. Once the conversation starts, it's fine. But how do you start that conversation? And if that starts with, would you rather? And I was laughing as you were talking is anytime anyone asks me for any interventions for, I'm just putting would you rather, any uh, interventions for emotional-based school avoidance, would you rather? Any interventions for this, would you rather? Because it's having that conversation, building the relationship. It ticks so many boxes. Sharing ideas, waiting, having, giving others, having friends, interacting, literally going, there's a lot of boxes going on here. And it's just this would you rather. And it isn't an endless would you rather. Yeah, there's no end to would you rathers. And that's the thing, you can get into writing. So what are the pros and cons? Just balance it. And you don't get into all the different skills, but you're starting with would you rather. You're not starting it in a formal lesson. You're doing the same stuff. But you can all wrap it out around would you rather. And everyone loves would you rather. And, and I think it's, it's about that openness. I, I was teaching a class the other, the other week and actually we took a line for a walk. You know, when you, you take a line for a walk and then you put patterns in the gaps, it, it's, it is a beautiful thing. So, so I had one child who their job was to choose the felt pen for me because I knew that was what they need, they, that, that would make them feel good. So they, their job was to, was to choose, choose a felt pen for me. And then, and then we had a dialogue about colours of felt pens and such like. So I think, like you say, how you initiate conversations and how you allow children to extend the conversations. But what is wonderful now is that I now have children who will come up to me and go, would you rather? <laughs> so they now do the would you rather. Now we're on to, well, I mean, I'm going to say we're on to expert level here, Dale. But what I love is the fact that they kind of come up to me when they see me at a break time. Or guess what? Walking down the corridor. Because we are the mirror that the children see themselves. So they go, actually, Mrs. Booten talks to me as I walk along the corridor. So I will talk to her as she walks with along the corridor because I know she is happy to talk whilst walking along the corridor. So I now have children asking me, would you rather? Which is which is absolutely fabulous. So I they start the conversation, I join in the conversation, and then their friends join in the conversation as well. So it's a very level playing field because we we're all having a conversation about a would you rather because they feel very confident now being the would you rather being the, the the would you rather person so i think that's also really important that children become what they see yes so i i do have so children come up to me good morning mrs bootman they talk about what i'm wearing now that is fascinating so and there are a couple of children who sometimes find coming into school a little bit difficult. So I now have, they do a, a fashion pricey on what I'm wearing. So as they come in, I go, okay, what are we thinking of my outfit today? And it is also, Dale, a distraction for them. And they go, well, 
I do like this and you know da, da, da. and and generally they're quite kind but there have been occasions when their face has said it all but it's about once again that relationship isn't it about them saying well I really like this but maybe you want to you know match that with what something else you wore earlier in the week and it it becomes a lovely it just becomes a lovely dialogue I see if I was you in that situation, I would just go, you know what? I'm just going to really, really have a bad fashion day. <laughs> I would literally go, okay, that's it. I'm tucking my, my my trousers in my socks. I'm having different shoes on. I'm going to make it really bad. And then I want to see how they're going to judge me. Yeah. Because the thing is, I think with some of the things you've talked about, it's you're showing you. And that's the thing. I think a lot of children see teachers as these beings which are in the school. Yes, they're not like my mum and dad who I know. They are these things, these people who I know nothing about walking around the school. I don't know them, but they tell me off. Once you start going, well, I've got chickens. Once you start going, so, so, so far we've learned this podcast that Ginny has chickens. She plays Would You Rather. Obviously, she's got good fashion sense or very polite children or both. But I think, so you're already listening to podcasts. You're picking things out about Ginny. So if you see Ginny at an event, you can judge her clothing. (laughs) You can play Would You Rather or you can ask about her chickens. And that's the thing is you're revealing something about you, which is means help children show they shouldn't be scared of revealing things about them. Sometimes you see children who are, almost just invisible because you don't know you don't notice anything about them because they don't want to share anything about them and i i I know that sometimes i literally i go i don't i keep myself quiet i don't share stuff about me and there's nothing really to talk about is there if you're not really noticeable so i always when i go out i have if i'm wearing a smart suit i'll generally have if i have to wear cufflinks i'll wear interesting cufflinks or i'll wear slightly odd socks there's a little bit of me in this uniform of the suit i have to wear for this event but it's that being a person being as well as you liking them being likable being relatable yeah sharing something about you my daughter had it at secondary school great british bake-off always talked about that yeah so they talked about things that thing is the more you do with the class the more you know about them the more these conversations happen on their own as well as you, you helping them in the moment, as well as you helping that person at the time, you're giving them a skill for life, yeah? To be able to make friends. How do you make friends if you have no idea what to say to that person on the other side of the room? Yeah, and you're in the playground. I don't know what to say, yeah? In, easy. Walk up to them and say, would you rather? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is such a, yeah, you can literally, if you're in a lift, I bet you one of you will get like, would you rather Tourette's going on in your head? Kind of, I'm in the lift. I need to talk to this person. I don't want to say. Would you? It's that sort of thing. You're giving them skills to make connections, to make friendships. And as I said right at the beginning, I really struggled with having these incidental conversations. I struggled how to start a conversation. I still sometimes do. And it is just because it wasn't modeled for me and it's not ingrained that this is how you do it. I kind of have to put conscious effort in. What's fine? What's generally is I'm fine with kids. Kids, what football team do you like this? What music do you like this? You kind of have a couple of questions you can ask. Once I've asked that, 
I can probably go into a conversation with you about something. But when it's an adult, I sit there going, I always forget about the weather. I always forget. But it's those things is you can give these children these skills on how to have a conversation. You can give these children skills to go, actually, there's something different about Mrs. Bootman today. I can comment on it. Is that a new, is that a new dress? Is that a new hair? Have you done? And literally, you're now teaching them to, there are changes that happen. And it's a conversation starter. So you're just filling them with skills, which, again, may negate issues further down the line. And I also think what is very useful is when we mirror this with our colleagues. So when I'm talking to my colleagues, children will hear me say, where did you get that from? Have you had your hair cut? Is that, is that a new top? And it's, it's common throughout the schools I go into that we have those conversations. And so once again, that's, that's the children going, oh, they're having those conversations too. And actually, it's about being human. And they see, actually, all the staff talk to each other and they connect with one another and they enjoy one another's company. And so once again, it's the norm. It's nothing, it's nothing different. One thing I just want to pick up on is when we want to, I always love to share positives about children. And I think children who have additional needs it's more important than ever because often they find some aspects of the curriculum challenging. So to find something that they that they excel in is amazing. And one way that I find that an easy way to find out about this is by linking up with the parents. So we have one-page profiles often that we ask children what they like to do and such like. And actually that can be your starting point for children you know a child may like lego they may like a certain color they may like a certain cartoon character and actually that becomes you don't have to do too much detective work then because the people who know them best the experts about their child have told you so much about their child and then this child goes yeah i do i really do like lego and yes i have made that and they're like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. This person in school is interested in me, knows about me. And so that link from home to school is so important because it just paves the way so easily for us to have those dialogues with the children. So I think th this idea of making the one-page profile a really important tool it is is really important. And in the same way, linking to parents, and I've said everything that we've spoken about, we can link to parents, we can link to members of staff. I always remember there was a child who the mother said he would love to he would love to go on a pogo stick, but he he cannot pogo stick. So I said, Right, okay. So when I was on duty, I held the pogo stick and this child pogoed to a certain degree, on the pogo stick. Anyway, whenever I had break time duty, I would help him with the pogo stick. Then one day, he pogo sticked. It won't come as any great surprise there. After a lot of, of support, he pogoed, pogoed, pogoed. He pogoed. And I took a photo for his mum and sent the photo home. And she was like, oh, my goodness. 
you don't know what that means because of the the link between us all that my son never thought he'd be able to do that you know you've supported him in doing it and now we can see that he has and that was all to do with something he wanted to do that his mother made me aware of that we were able to support him with and that was kind of the 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 full circle and the relationship between the child myself and the home was stronger than ever because once again it's about connections it's about human connection isn't it that's the thing is you can once you know this information about the child either through talking to them or these one-page pre-pools or profiles or finding out from the parents you know a few bits Let's say they love Danger Mouse or Penfold, nice and 80s TV cartoon character. And you know this. You're like, right, I'm going to do this with them. And we need to do an activity. It's like, I'll just Google Danger Mouse activities. Just get something they like. And it's, it's one of the things, rather than searching activities, just put the word. It's a lot of time. It takes the most minimal effort to do a slight divergent into maybe more of a hook for them. It literally might take you the milliseconds worth of effort. Yeah, we're gonna do this. We're gonna make we're gonna make some things out of plasticine. I'm gonna make Danger Mouse. I like Danger Mouse, do you? Whole conversation started. It just that little bit of a conversation, turning it into an activity, icebreaker, whatever you want to call it, you've now got a connection. Yeah. And it is so powerful. And it is. You I, I know through my experiences, and I've not been in the classroom, but I know we're helping out at nursery. There was a girl who struggled with things and I think the nursery struggled with her but I think she came up to me and I just asked how are you what are you doing and just had a I would say as you said that equal level conversation yeah I didn't I I I, I some of you going we should do this and there's lots of you can hear suggestive language but I just said what are you doing cool why are you doing that cool looks fun can I join in yeah, it wasn't my child. My child was near her and we just joined in. I just joined in because you go and help out. What I found is every time I went in after that, she made a beeline. Every time I helped out, she was came to a beeline. Yeah. And then I remember it was sports day, the nursery sports day. And she did have additional needs. She needed support. But she was there and she wouldn't join in. She clocked me. And she ran straight over to me and wanted to be next to me. I said, are you joining in? She went, no. Don't want to. I said, oh, I might run in the next race. And she just looked at me and went, can I run next to you? It's like, yeah. And she joined in. And it was just, you see all the, you know, the people going, why are you doing that? And I don't know what it was about me. I don't know if I just, I don't know. I, I can't tell you what it was. I can't tell you that. I'm not saying I did anything amazing. It might have just been, I just asked her, what are you doing? How are you? I don't know what it was, but it was that connection. And every time I went there, that connection was there. All the way to the end of primary, that connection was there. Yeah. She would be running out of school. Yeah. She had to, but she'd see me and it just, she seemed to just be calmer near me. I cannot tell you anything I did to make that apart from a couple of conversations. I think. I, I say it's a nuss. It's a nuss about about certain people. Children gravitate towards individuals because of the nuss about them, about how they are 
how they are, how they speak to them, their 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 demeanor with them, and I find that a lot with children that they do gravitate to certain individuals. I think something else that is important is when children are talking to us, they they allow us into their worlds and tell us things that they would like changing that are not big things. Certain things like reward systems, for example. Reward systems. Children can actually become quite dysregulated, upset, and about a reward system. And when we end up in that dialogue, because the child likes to be with that individual, suddenly they tell us these things and we go, oh my goodness, I had never thought of that. I wouldn't have realized the impact, for example, this reward system was having on that child's self-esteem. And then we can change things, often in a very small way, and it makes a big difference for the child. So we need to give opportunities for children to be able to have those conversations because a happy child is what we all want. A parent said to me once, Mrs. Boone, when we look round with the thought of our child coming to your school, and I remember to this day you saying, what we all want is for our child to be happy. And she was like, that's what we want. And by children feeling happy, listened to, and having that connection, we are going to have a happier school and then children are going to achieve the best they can. But we just need to find the time where we can, in the corridor, in the playground, to listen. Actually, that's what we need to do, Dale, isn't it? We need to listen. Listen, not listen while you're doing something else. Not listen, I'm here, tell me while I just wash up. Tell me while I'm just going sorting this pile of books out. Sitting, giving them your undivided attention. However, sometimes, sometimes I have to say, sometimes children do say things when we are making ourselves look busy as well. So we have to gauge it, don't we? Sometimes we are sitting. (laughs) Often I give children a piece of fruit to eat or they have a drink of water because then it's not the focus yeah then then they feel uh, they're just it's it's nicer for them so sometimes i look busy because then actually they're more likely to have a conversation and sometimes they like to sit down and have a a drink or or a piece of fruit sometimes they like to walk walk and talk walk and talk is great from all our points of view I was listening to a podcast many years ago, and I think it was a BBC podcast, and I think there's a a radio show on Radio 4, something like, I have never seen Star Wars. But the idea is, it's things you've never done that most people think you've done. And comedian Dave Gorman was on it. And his thing was, I've never had a water cooler moment. Yeah. You see them in the films, they're in the office, they go to the water cooler, and they have an incidental conversation. And it is just that he goes, I've never had that. So he literally went somewhere where there was a water cooler 
and then kind of walked from opposite directions. And both got a cup of water at the water cooler and had a conversation. But it's one of those things is certain places you do those things, but certain places you don't. And it is these random conversations about whatever is going on in your mind or your world that day, that week is really, really powerful. And this isn't just powerful in school. If you are a parent and you feel that you don't have that relationship with your child, you feel you should, if you feel there's distance between you, how many incidental conversations have there been? How many times have you just walked? I do it a lot. And it's taking something which has taken years. I just walk into my kid's room when they're mostly happy for me to do it and go, you're right. Yeah. How's today? What have you been up to today? And we always have the house with school, but you just ask a few others. You kind of, oh yeah, this didn't go too well. You remember that from a couple of days ago and you ask about it a couple of days later. Yeah, it's that remembering that I'm interested in you. So they say, oh yeah, I struggle with this. You're a couple of days, how did that go? Did you sort it out? Yeah, oh, cool. And just by doing that again and 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 again, A, my relationship with my daughter's improved hugely. I'm not saying it was bad, but it was more like we existed together. Yeah, we was a parent and a child. I now feel I'm much more in their world. I know much more what's going on. They share a lot more with me. What's amazing, they asked me how my day was. Yeah? And I say, oh, I'm really tired. And they go, well, yeah, you did have a busy weekend doing stuff. And I'm not going, you noticed? And that's, I get in such awe by my children realizing that, A, I have feelings, I get tired. But they noticed that I was busy. I go, yeah, you did all that for me at the weekend. Thanks for that, Dad. Sorry you're tired. And it's it's so much better than and I know lots of people with teenagers going oh, they don't talk to me they're in their rooms yes they are in the rooms but it doesn't stop you walking in finding a way that they're almost accepting you walking in and standing in the doorway and just going what are you doing is that a, good, is that a, is that a new game is that a hard game who are you playing with just having one of those conversations and it's not about changing the world, but it's about repeating that conversation again and again, and the relationship builds and the trust builds. So it works in schools, it also works at home with your own children. I think at school, I completely agree, at school for staff, it's the, the photocopier. Yes. That's when all the conversations happen, normally about the fact that the photocopier isn't working. I also think the car journey conversations are good. You know, from parents' point of view, you know, actually, I think the fact that you are sitting next to each other, I do think this, the fact that you are next to each other is good. But actually, those conversations flow, whether whether it's a journey to school or, you know, going somewhere. And I think we can't underestimate those conversations. And, yeah, it is just about finding those times and making the time we're coming back to the beginning of our conversation isn't it it's about we talk about them being incidental conversations but we do actually still have to prioritize that time as a time to have conversations so my biggest top tip is for teachers and staff in schools is when you're on duty walk around the playground walk around the playground to have those conversations with children because that is an ideal time 
to be able to have incidental conversations with children. And also that child that you may be a little bit bothered about, you go you go and see them and have that conversation. Sit down with them. Get get on the same level as them. Sit down with them. Have a look around the playground. Have a chat with them about what's happening in the playground around them. And it just, once again, we're saying it breaks down barriers and forms those connections so that they can then come to you when they want to or when they need to. And it is, it's just changing that mindset. It is, you're not on duty. You've got 20 minutes of opportunities to talk to children. You're not walking down the corridor. You may have a couple of opportunities to talk to children. It just so happens you're walking down the corridor. But you've kind of got to change your mindset that I'm always open to these things. But this this can be done in so many different ways. If you're literally carrying three things as a child walking in some direction, you oh, can you carry some of these for me? They're a bit heavy. Yeah, and then now you're not two people walking down the corridor. You're two people walking together. And it's like when sometimes I have to pop out, I say to my daughter, do you want to come? It's like, where? We're going here. What do I have to do? Nothing. Just sit in the car with me. Keep me, co- keep me company. Yeah, keep me company. Yeah, I'll come with that. Yeah, big difference. Yeah, she's doing me a favor. Yeah, she's helping me. I love it. And also, I did, a, I did a road trip with my daughter and I'm like, right, get my, get my phone out, get Spotify out. And I told her what tracks to find. And I was playing tracks from my youth. And we talked about me and my childhood things, tracks. And after a couple of tracks, she went, oh, listen to this track. And she'll tell me about her track. And she'll be it is, it's that modeling. It's really showing I have time to listen to you and to spend time with you. And I'm interested in you. I'm sharing this because I want to share this. I want you to know about me. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, it's, you some you have some teachers where you walk into their classroom and you know nothing about them. You walk into another classroom, their Slytherin scarf is up. Yeah. And there's just a couple of little telltales which you go, oh, Slytherin, are we? And there's a connection. There's a straight in. If you recognize the scarf, you know Harry Potter is, you know this. Oh, have you seen the films? Conversation starters. So it's so good, again, just to have a couple of things sharing about you around. It just, yeah, makes so much sense. But I would say out of everything you're probably doing, as you said, you want your children to be happy. Yeah, we all want our children to be happy. Yeah. That becomes before the numeracy progress, the literacy progress. It becomes before everything. So if you can make a difference by having a relationship with that child and making friends and doing all those things, the rest will come just by you putting that time in. And it's me realizing when I saw my deputy head that I mentioned ages ago, having all that time, I'm going, how, how? He just changed where he put the time. He built the relationship so he didn't have the problems later. Yeah, and if you're, if you're trying to solve problems, it's hard to put that effort in at the beginning because you're kind of doing it initially both ends, but it will transition to you're having the relationships and the issues will they, they will reduce. And I think as a teacher, I get so much back. Yeah. You know, it's not, I'm not, I am doing it for the child, but I'm actually, 
I get a lot back from the conversations I have, you know. So it it is it is really empowering to feel that actually I know that child and and that child really, really enjoys the fact that I've had that conversation with them. So, you know, it really is a two-way thing. Yeah, no, it, 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 I, I enjoy having the conversations. There is no, right, I must have a conversation with a child. I enjoy having the conversations. So that means then I have the conversations easily. And a conversation can be, nice haircut. That's it. That's that. That you know that that yeah. they don't have to be long conversations. It's checking in with that child, and then what I find very amusing. But they will come up and go, "Have you had your hair cut?" And it might be three weeks later. It might, but it becomes reciprocated, and it becomes this dialogue, which, as you say, is such a good tool for them to have. As they get older, I can talk to adults, and adults will talk back to me in, in a in a equal, equal way. That's it, in an equal in an equal manner. And I think that in itself is such a good reason to have these conversations with with children. And is it just if you're trying to do this and you're going, well, I don't know much about the children. Mention the weather. They're walking down the corridor. Where are you going? Not in a, where are you going? It's like, I'm going to the office. Where are you going? But it's that whole, not I'm a teacher, you're a child. We are two individuals and I'm just asking you a question as an equal. That's how you've got to make sure you're asking it. It's not, where are you going? Where are you off to? And it's actually, like, you can ask yeah. these questions. And as you ask questions more, you will find out more about the child and then you can ask about the child. So you might not know anything about the child right now, but there's a question you can probably ask, which isn't judging, isn't telling anything like that. It's just, as you would ask, I would say, as you think about how you would ask another adult, how are you? Yeah. Don't change that tone. Ask the child the same question. And the child who's going to the office and they've got a piece of paper in their hand and you realise that's a form and they actually are wanting to go to basketball. And you go, oh, are you wanting to go to basketball? Oh, what day is that on? Have you been to it before? Oh, so-and-so's going to basketball. I've heard it's really good. Easy. But it's the first bit. So if you don't know anything, just have a look at the situation you're in. Ask something about the situation you're in. Yeah? If you're walking down the corridor and it's wet break and they're walking down the corridor, Oh, the weather. God, I'd rather be out there in the rain. Just something like that. Really simple. Yeah. As an individual to individual, it's just, as you said, it's they're enjoyable. Why not? Yes, we're all busy. But if you walk away with a smile on your face because they know you as the would you rather lady, you're going to have a better day. They've had a game of Woody Rather. They're going to have a better day. They're going to be on the ups. They're going to be more involved in their lesson today. And there might be a new girl who not only made a friend, but now knows a teacher who's quite nice. It, it's not complicated. Yeah. You might be one of those people going, yeah, but is it really productive? Is Yes. I can't show you a graph. I can't show you anything. 
but I'm sure Ginny can show you lots of emails or eggs she's received or anything which is actually recognition of what Ginny's put in from that person. That the When Ginny sent that photo of the child on the pogo stick to the parent, the response she received is better than any graph, any attendance number, anything. Yeah, no, I would, I would, I would completely, completely agree that it's, it's the demeanour of the child, the way that the child is. I had another child who came to our school and was finding it hard, and they they came to before and after school club, and it was all just a bit much, and I was sorting out my office and I said I've got these lights can you just help me sort out these lights and she she helped me and then another day I said I've got something else for the office these little cards can you can you peg them up for me and just that little and she was helping me Dale she was helping me but we were having those incidental conversations and the person who ran the after school club said thank you Ginny that has really helped her and I said it, it wasn't it wasn't anything she was helping me but it just she just enjoyed helping me and it just gave her a little bit of space from the you know the buzz of after school club and the other day I saw her I said have you got new glasses and her face just being she went yeah I have I have I said well I love the shape of them and I love the color of them and and she kind of she just looked that little bit taller and went thanks you know thanks. As I said, is you talk about she helped you. Is if I could do some amazing flashback video on the wall side by side that if she was there or if she wasn't there, did she actually get any more done? And the answer is probably no more got done. Yeah, the lights got sorted out and the cards got put up on the wall. However. You didn't see it as a chore. You didn't sit there on your own sorting out a light going, oh, and I've got this to do next. You didn't sit there putting up cards going, oh, I've got five more to go. Instead, what happened is you and that child sorted the lights out. You and that child put pegs up. You had a conversation and turned what generally is quite boring tasks into a nice activity for two people. And my daughters are getting that. Yeah, when I have to go get something in the car, I'm going somewhere on my own, it's boring. With my daughter in the car, it's a half hour listening to music together and having fun while we just grab that. And that's the thing is, I got nothing more done. I got nothing less done. But I enjoyed that more. What do we want schools to be, children to be? Happy in school. Yeah? Happy in school is what we want them to be. If they're happy in school, they're more likely to come to school. If they're more likely happy in school, it might become their safer place. It might become their place where they can share things because I feel happy here and I like this happy feeling. I don't get this at home. There are so many things it can unlock. And all it takes is for us just to take a step back from our very busy lives and just realize that I might get an, I might lose 10 minutes of my day if I walk down the corridor and have a conversation with someone. But I'll bet you I'll get that back at another time. I think this lends us very well to the film that I mentioned to you about Gavin Oates. So, yes, you should give me a link yeah. to Gavin Oates, which will be in the show notes. Okay, please have a look at this link 
It's Gavin Oates and it's called Balloon Monday. And I think this epitomizes everything that we've been talking about. Without giving too much away, this amazing man called Gavin Oates, who, who is on Twitter as well, he goes into a town carrying helium balloons on strings. And it's during rush hour. And I can so liken it to teachers in the corridor, so busy, rushing from their classroom, generally to the photocopier or the toilet or the kettle or any any mixture of those. And people are so focused on going to work. And he goes to give strangers a balloon. Complete strangers. And some people look a little bit like, mm, I don't know, what's this all about? And then you have to watch this. And then you see the smiles. And these are adults. These are adults who are commuting and the joy of being given a balloon. You can just see it as you watch the film. And what I would say is we need to be the balloon givers. That 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 is what we need to be. We need to give balloons to people and see, metaphorically, and see the joy that that brings. It's interesting. That's probably very much like me. And I remember my mum, I'm in my late 30s when she said this, and she said it all the way through my life. When are you going to grow up? And I'm like, I work, pay the bills, pay the mortgage. I've got kids. They're doing all right. I'm covering all the adult stuff. I just find people falling over quite funny. I find jumping out on people quite funny. I find all those little childish humor things entertaining. Do you know why? Because generally no one's getting hurt. No one's getting insulted. Yeah? What's wrong with that? She just goes, oh, you just think you need to grow up. And I'm going, but I'm doing, I'm covering all the adult bases. I'm doing everything you require of me as an adult. I'm just not quite so miserable. And it is, it is that whole thing of we can make the world better. And it doesn't take as much effort or time or have such a negative impact as we think. We are very busy, but it's better to be busy with a smile on your face with a connection to someone, they're busy alone walking down the corridor. Yeah? Walking out, trying to think of another would you rather, or going, oh, actually, I've changed my mind. As you walk down the corridor, because of what they've said, just fills you, yeah? And it just, it does take away some of those negative thoughts that you may have. It just fills a bit of that void with a bit more light. And it isn't hard. So, I'm going to thank you for coming on the show today, Ginny. But before you go, you've given me a would you rather a pebble or a brick. I need another one. I want you to set a would you rather for our listeners. Okay. Right. Okay. You ready for the would you rather? Can I just say this? And I'm not, and we're not, we're not going to discuss it either. No. You're going to say it and we're not going to discuss it. Okay. Would you rather be a pair of gloves or a pair of socks? I've got my answer, and that's what I'm going to say. If you have an answer, hashtag Sendcast, and just write which one and why. That'd be quite fun on Twitter. But it is. My thoughts are going. I've got a quite, obviously, negatives on some and positives on another. But then I thought, well, actually, 
So uh, yeah, but we'll leave that there. Mm. So Jenny's given me a couple of links and that video you mentioned, David Oates? Gavin. Get Gavin Oates. I will share and that'll be in the show notes. So go watch that as well. I will be watching that the moment I finish recording this with Ginny. You'll also find Ginny's contact details and you can find the show notes wherever you listen to podcasts or on a website. And if you do see Ginny anywhere, do please ask her, would you rather question just for the fun? <laughs> and thank you for listening to the show. If you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe. You can find links to subscribe across all the different podcast platforms on our website. And if you listen to us through Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please leave a review and let others know what you think. Or just tell everyone on social media how good this podcast is and how amazing my guests are. And before we go, I would just like to remind you to check out the Training for Education website. You'll find a number of guests on the Sendcast, our speakers at one of our training sessions, or they've done courses, or they've been to one of our virtual conferences. Training for Education is a great way to get CPD for all staff around SEND that is effective and affordable. And we also do a free send briefing twice a year just to keep you up to date with all the stuff that's going on SEND, where we're going and what's coming next. So visit www.trainerforeducation.com for more information. And as an exclusive gift to our Sendcast listeners, you can get a 10% discount code on any of the training by using the code SENDCAST10. So thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Sendcast. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from the Would You Rather Lady. The Would You Rather Lady. Love it. Bye, everyone.